This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Kreuzer, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The music, the stings you hear on today's podcast brought to you by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. You can check them out in the description below. And while you're there, you can check out our social links as well. It's pretty much just Rob Ryan Red on all platforms. And yeah, if there's a platform we're not quite on yet, do let us know. I think we have got all bases covered. And of course, I know before we get into the podcast too much, do leave us a like and a review if you haven't already. That is the best way for us to grow as a podcast. So thank you very much. That's your way of giving back to us. Um, yeah, where do we start? A great weekend. I was there with Nath as Wrexham fresh talky 6-0. Let's talk about six, baby. Um, a bit of a different start to the podcast today, though. The audio might sound a bit <laughs> off. That is because I'm in the process of moving house. The room in which I usually record the podcast has had everything dismantled. It's just an empty echo chamber. So let's picture the scene. I'm in a, a room, white walls, a grey carpet... But I can't see that because I am sat under a towel recording with the lights on. And yeah, I've got a bit of a hunchback. I'm in agony, but this is the length we go to for Rob Ryan Red. And hopefully the audio is okay. If there's a few issues, you know why. Please don't have a go at us too much. Nafe, I hope you're in a much more comfortable position than I am. I, I'm sat, relaxed. I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to rub it in. I'm reclined on my office chair. Uh, I'm 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 feeling all right, mate. But you are going through it uh, for episode eighty-seven of Rob Ryan Red, which is great, progressing. And we had a lovely old time even before the talkie game. We had a lovely old time in the in the turf fan zone. We spoke to a couple of people, a couple of people who listened to the pod. Kirk, who was walking the dog, and oh, he wasn't walking the dog then, but that's when he listens to us. And yeah, always fun, isn't it, Rich? When people tell us. Uh, that we don't grate on them too much, or we maybe a little bit, but they they love the podcast. And yeah, if you do see us at games, definitely let us know. But Torquay, mate, what a game that was! A flawless from one through eleven. It, it was hard to it was hard to pick pick the bones out of anything really. A really difficult one to choose, my other match. But one thing for sure for me is it wasn't the man who got it again. Um, it does seem like the sponsors just want to meet. Paul Mullen every week, doesn't it? For me, probably Anthony Ford. I thought he was excellent again. Real shame that, you know, Mendy got injured. We'll get onto that yeah. a bit, bit later on. But over the Mendy, you know, there were so many positives to take. Oh. Six different goal scorers, free-flowing, fantastic football. And, yeah, we look like we can beat anyone. I know Torquay now are bottom of the league. So it's not maybe the same victory as it would have been over Torquay in recent seasons. But They weren't that bad, though. They had, they they had they, lots of they chances, didn't they? They cut, cut us open quite quite early on a few times. Their number 11, I thought, was excellent, finding a lot of space. Yeah, Evans, a good little player. They had that chance that was cleared off the line. Obviously, we hit the inside of the post twice ourselves. That second one from Jordan Davis was excellent. Oh, um, Anthony Ford, as well, almost scored a yeah, wonder goal. Unreal. He that did get unreal. his goal towards the end. But 
I guess, Nate, what is it that impressed you the most? Like, for me, it is the fact that, you know, Dolby and Ford are off the mark and the, the fact that there's goals from all over the pitch. Yeah, there, there was so much for me to be impressed with. I My man of the match was James Jones. And I know the, kind of the discourse around him has always been, what's the midfield makeup? And, and I actually think now that's not really a, a massive debate. You know, Tom O'Connor is sidelined and Luke Young settled his debate after he was left out of Chesterfield. I just thought James Jones was at the heart of everything Wrexham did well on Saturday. And I was so glad to be to be back up for it. And I, I agree with you, Ford. I thought it was brilliant. Best game in a Wrexham shirt for him. Really, right through right through the team, I thought Aaron Hayden, again, absolutely sublime. You know, he jumps higher than our floodlights. It's amazing. His hang time is incredible. Palmer, brilliant. Mullin, Dick Jordan. What I loved, though, probably more than anything, apart from James Jones' performance, was seeing the celebration when Sam Dolby scored and the build-up for that goal from Elliot Lee is outstandingly good. You know, he's never stood still. He's always on the move, little gives and goes to make that pocket of space and then he just knocks it back across the box for, for Dolby to to hammer in and, and, you know, that's something that no doubt he would have been dreaming of, that kind of opportunity just to hammer it home from inside the six-yard box and... Yeah, you could see what it meant to to everyone to see him get off the mark because it must have been so frustrating, especially as a striker playing behind Mullen and Palmer. Is they they're, they're really fit. I actually think Palmer is looking trimmer and trimmer every time I see him. He, he's looking in peak physical condition. It's amazing, and uh, so good on him for that. But yeah, Dalby really chuffed, and I also was fascinated to see Lee and Dolby as a kind of alternative option up front. You know, especially if you want to rest when there's Saturday, Tuesday, or big games coming up and the game's worn. I thought they worked quite nicely, actually, as a little and large combination against tight legs. And coming on to, obviously, the back end of this podcast, but we've got Alderman Knotts coming up and you'd expect both of them to be needed across those two games because, like you said, Mullen and Palmer are excellent. They're such a joy to watch and right up there of any strike partnership I've ever seen at the club, but we're going to need those players in the reserves to, to get us through. And, of course, as we saw last season... The, the issue for Wrexham was that there was such a drop-off in quality mm. when that sort of quartet of players, I'm thinking Davis, Mullin, Hayden and, and Leighton really, when they weren't playing, there was such a drop-off that we really suffered. And, and now this season, it's looking like we've got a lot more strength and depth, a lot more quality on the bench. And another player I want to give a shout-out to, to is Callum McFadzian because when he came yeah. on, my eyes were rolling. I was thinking, well, he was, he was <laughs> really bad at Chessfield away. I wanted him to be good and... Yeah, you know, that was the Cal McFadden I thought we were going to sign initially. Obviously, he had that fantastic debut against Boring Wood in the trophy, but I wasn't there to see it. I know you were. Yeah. And for me, that was the best I've seen him in the Wrexham shirt. He looked great, and he was integral to, to that Dolby goal. It was him and, and Lee linking up so well. And yeah, just brilliant. Brilliant to see that strength and depth. But I guess while we're on the subject, Naif, Jacob Mendy Mendy's injury, a, a real concern. Yeah, really. I mean, that was right in front of me. And he's just not the type of player, and I know he's not been with us long, but he's not the type of player to feign injury or to stay down. without. He, you know, he really couldn't put much weight down. Um, and you could see as he was chasing back, I watched the highlights a couple of times, you could see his hamstring just goes. And, um, you know, we don't know for sure how, how that is. Is that going to be four weeks or six weeks or hopefully sooner than that? But We've all been there, Rich. If your hamstring goes, your hamstring goes. If it if it seizes, if it tightens, it is what it is. And and it was a real. That was the only. That was the only blip for me in a in a day that was absolutely you know six of the best, wasn't it? It was so good, and it could have been more. And and quickly on McFadden, it's a brilliant ball that for for Ford at the end. I know maybe it was intended for Dolby, but it's in such a good area that if the fact that we had Dolby in there five 0 up, we had Dolby there, and then we had Ford running in at the back post. You know, the energy, the desire to kill these teams off. I think I, I like that ruthlessness. I don't want us to take our foot off the gas. You know, I want us to keep going for more and more. And everyone who came on, I thought, made a really, really good contribution. I thought they really kind of staked a claim to, to play on. And again, it's going to be hard to, to change that starting 11, but uh, Elliot Lee. And, and it'll be McFadden now in Mendy's absence, but Elliot Lee, you know. And we'll get on to it probably a bit later. Rob Lainton back on the grass. But so, the options Parky has at his disposal are absolutely ridiculous. The quality is, is off, off, the, off the grid. It's, it's so 
good and what a kind of what a blessing when people are watching the documentary and he's looking at i need to get more out of certain players and i need to move these players on there aren't many players in this side that i would want to see move on anytime soon so fair play to parky and les reed and sean harvey and the others that have built this squad up but now it's about using the right piece at the right time against the right opposition i think another important fact that that parky has has got going for him really and, and that he's assembled a squad of really good characters and personalities because there doesn't seem to be too much discontent now either from the players who are on the periphery. I know a few of the family members and etc. Et are always a bit angry when their player and their, their relative maybe isn't playing, but it's a credit to, to the lads that when they do get a chance, you know, they, they're not sulking, they're, they're going out there to prove why they should be on the pitch and you, can, you can't fault anyone's commitment or work ethic this season. I don't really think you can too much last season either. No. Like I said, I know there's a few players who were frustrated thinking they weren't getting, a, weren't getting a fair chance and like I said, a few vocal family members on social media. But it's just great to see that squad depth. But also, we've got players who understand they will get a chance. They've not had a chance yet because the first weeks of a season, you're trying to find that, that momentum, that consistency. The schedule's maybe not as fierce as it will get when two games a week might become the norm getting towards and Christmas and New Year. And we're winning. So why would you change Don't that forget. winning formula? I know we want to see some Dol- Sam Dolby score goals, but this isn't FIFA. You know, Parky wants to keep his best players <laughs> fit, so he's going to play Paul Mullen and Palmer whenever he can. That's Parky just the way it goes. Parky is on FIFA. He's Parky got is own, on he's FIFA. Got his, he's got his own avatar. What is sadly, going on? Sadly, Rob Brown Red haven't had their free copy of FIFA uh, 23. I am on PS5 if anyone's got a code they want to whack as my am way. I. As am I, I am, so two codes, please. I'm off next week. I know you're off to Japan next week, Nave. Should we cover this now before, maybe yes. before the end of the podcast? So, you won't be here next week's pod. No. So I, I don't know whether that would delight or disappoint listeners, but uh, There'll be I record listening be numbers next week. <laughs> I can tell you that for free. Almost certainly. And it will almost certainly make it into season two of the documentary. I guarantee it. Um, but as I said a couple of weeks ago, for anyone who does listen to us every week, I said I would either be in Nottingham or I would be in Nagoya, and I'm going to be in Nagoya covering the Japanese Grand Prix. So I don't know if anyone's a big Formula One fan, but if you are, come follow my personal Twitter feed. I was going to say private, then it's not private. Come follow my, you know, my, my personal Twitter feed, and you'll get all the updates on that. But Rob Reinred will go on without me. Um, you will be flying the flag. I'm sure you won't be under. Will you still be under the same towel? We'd be under the same duvet at that point. To be honest, I don't think I'm going to be able to bend my back after this. So I think I might just be on this floor <laughs> at the same time next week because, my word, this is agony. But yeah, like I said, Nathan won't be so here. So I next won't week. be here. Yeah. I'll see. I'll put a few calls and see who we can get get on for next week. I, I'll Oof. put some uh, some some feelers out and we'll see what what is happening. But again, that is probably another good good chance for us to say that if you've got any questions or anything you want to get involved with on the podcast robryanred at gmail.com you can send us an email or if you go to robryanred.com there is a contact form there any questions any queries anything you want to raise maybe next week if Nave's not here I might get a bit of a, a chance to to get through some of them so yeah here's a one week warning for you if you have anything on your mind or anything in the weeks ahead that we can discuss Rob Ryan Red on the socials and on email so Nath, I mean I feel like we could still talk about this talkie game for, for weeks and weeks and weeks and <laughs> No, we're scoring goals for fun now. That is a real good trait to have, isn't it? Because if you look at where we were at the start of last season, it was just we were winning games one goal at a time. And if Paul Mullen didn't score, you know, that was it really. We were, we were just so over-reliant on him. And it is just incredible how much things have changed in the space of a year. If you think about how dire, you know, the start of last season was really, because it was desperate. Yeah, I mean, so there are so many examples that stand out. You know, his, his wonder goal at home against Dagenham. And, just, you know, I remember watching when he was in the stand at South End, and I was there then. And Stockport, when he's. Look, let's not get it twisted. Paul Mullen is still our top scorer this season and is a phenomenal player at this level and the level above, and probably the level above that. But we don't need him to score every. Every single week we don't need him to, to be our hero every single week because we can still win football matches and that will be decisive you know i'm looking at chesterfield they're a good team let's let's not make no bones about it and they had a similar kind of accusation that they were very much shimanga or bust and ultimately when shimanga went down they they struggled was and it Pep guardiola who called tottenham the harry kane team i feel like we yeah. were the paul mullen team up until yeah. january you know, you know and that's not to 
I'm not trying to throw shade on anyone that was in that team, but it just the way it was set up was again I think we were learning the system and we didn't necessarily have the personnel that we used to that system now we have a team that looks so fluid and it does look more like a three than a five it does look more like a back three than a back five for me and that means attacking football and, and Rich you shared it on on Twitter um the was it the Dolby goal I think it was the Dolby goal 11 passes you know flick here you know you can say what you want about the style of football but there are Especially at home, there are some really nice bits of play. And, you know, Phil Parkinson deserves an immense amount of credit, as does Steve Parkin, Dave Jones, all the all the training staff. I'm loving seeing this footage from training ground, uh, from the training ground and, you know, finishing drills and kind of defending drills. And that, that, that little clip of, if you haven't seen it on the club's YouTube channel, of Jacob Mendy poking in in front of Aaron Hayden. And Aaron Hayden looks absolutely fuming to have lost, uh, lost a small-sided game, and I love that. You know, having spoken to people on the pod like Dean Keats and and kind of others others in that more, Louis Mott, people like that, they really hated losing these small-sided games. So, yeah, go back and listen to those if you haven't already in the back catalogue. And a quick shout from me, Rich. 10,000, I'm sure this by the time this is out, 10,000 on Twitter is very, very generous, 10,000 followers. So we appreciate you all individually. Uh, and anyone who listens to the podcast, again, thanks so much i was getting a little bit of stick in the turf for telling people to to give us five stars but it does it helps and we're very appreciative of the support um but yeah rich it's the the, the amount of goals we've got in the team i mean you well, know we could have you think about four people week's... in 15 plus four, yeah. four four or five people with double figures and if you look back at last week's episodes of uh, episode sorry of welcome to Wrexham, mm. parky says that he says you know he alludes to the in imminent signing of, of Oli Palmer saying yeah. we need someone up front who's got that physical presence who can unleash Paul Mullen, make sure that Paul's getting the ball in the right areas, he's getting the ball in between the goalposts. Because at the start of last season, Paul Mullen was having to track back to midfield to win the ball back. He was, yeah. you know, you could see how frustrated he was. He was visibly angry that he wasn't getting the service that he, he required and that he needed and that he thrives upon. Now he is getting that. He's getting the balls from deep that cut open the defence. He runs into those wider channels, cuts inside as he loves to do. But he's also just getting the ball in the box now, in those proper poachers positions because he's got Ollie Palmer to harass the two centre-backs usually and, and to create that space. And it's just all working so well. And I echo what you say because... Coming on to the, the, this week's episodes of the documentary, which we'll get onto later, where it is Sack the Gaffer. We've both been very critical of Parky, and you know, I do kind yeah. of regret saying Jurassic Park and some football last season because I just <laughs> thought it was quite a funny pun. But it is, it is funny. Last season, there was a lot of valid criticism because the team should have, should have been performing a lot better than it was. We've even seen echoes of that this season when we were booed off at half time against Gateshead. Because yeah, that was outrageous. The, that was outrageous. But the argument was, well, this team should be playing a lot better. Yeah. And you've just got to hold your hands up and say, Parky, I think the documentary is really working well for you, in my opinion. I think I've, I've grown totally. to, to like him a lot more from seeing how much he does care because I always maybe accused him of, of not caring so much and maybe not getting it and understanding where the fans are coming from. But it's obvious that he does. Oh, he massively cares, mate. And he, he just deserves, cares. He deserves huge credit for having this system sticking through throughout. He's not changed. We were saying he should go four four two, whatever, four three three. He said yeah. no. It's a three five two. He's got his wing backs that he needed. He's got the big striker he needed, and it's working. So hats off to you, Phil Parkinson. You're doing everything everything you can at the moment. And obviously the real test will be if he can take us up the season. That has to be God. that has to be it you know and, and we've said in the past that if, if we miss out then real questions will be asked but mm. so far Parky is doing what what he's been brought in to do it's taken time but he's not panicked no that and also that meeting um that meeting where he's, he's saying look get the book we just need to build around phil uh phil uh, phil back we just need to build around paul mullen you know and get the ball to him because he is so good that he will score and I love that meeting, and you can can you imagine? Like, could you imagine Jordan Davis in that? You know, watching that at home, and the first thing you see in that is, who do we want to tie down? And and Parky saying, oh, we need to tie down Jordan Davis. You know, what a confidence! But I know it's old, and he's got his contract now and stuff like that. But great for the players as much as it, the fans to see those kind of behind the scenes meetings that we never normally see. You know, Rob and Ryan picking the kit. It looked like Rob picked a different kit, by the way. 
He did. Not like yeah. Rob picked I mean, an away kit that wasn't the one we have. This might be a still for us to pick out and tweet actually, because there was free suggestions as there used to be in the, in the match programs when the trust are in charge and the fans voted. But yeah, they did seem to pick a, a different kit initially, and obviously it's different to the ones we we've got now. But just fascinating as well that obviously this season's kit was decided in October of last year, which means in the next two three weeks the decisions might be made on what we're wearing next season. Rich, I don't know whether you want to kind of throw it on to Oldham because that is the big old game um, this weekend. 2,300. I mean, I don't know what the hell your situation is. I'm sure you'll be going. You'll be deep in boxes, I'm sure. Um, but you, you, you live much closer to Oldham and you know people who are suffering for the first time the National League experience and you caught up with one of them. Yeah, so as we'll get onto in this interview, this is my friend and my colleague, uh, Joe Bray. He is a long, lifelong Oldham fan, season ticket holder. At the MEN, he is Manchester City writer. He went on their pre-season tour to America this summer. He's been there watching Erling Haaland, Kevin De Bruyne, but he's also been watching Mike Fondop and Ben Tollett as well. Um, so yeah, I caught up with Joe during work this week and we spoke about Wrexham versus Oldham. <laughs> So, Joe, thank you very much for joining us. Now, we've worked together for, I think, about four years now. And in that time, we've often joked that we'd be facing each other soon enough. We just didn't quite know which league it would be in. There's been a few times where it's like Wrexham might go up. Plenty of times where it's looked like Oldham might come down. In fact, in the hours after we lost in the playoffs last season, I think you even messaged me to say at least we'd have a trip to Boundary Park to look forward to. And, well, here it is this weekend. Oldham new to the National League... Who knows how long they'll stay down here. How have Oldham fans found their first sort of two months in non-league football? Yeah, it's been an experience. Um, I think the fact that we've got new owners has given a bit of a buzz to the to the club, much needed after the shambles of the four years that saw us relegated from League One to Conference. But we've found that exactly the warnings that you've given me over the last couple of years, it's going to be a lot tougher to get out of this league than you think because there's so many teams in there that, that are down here and know the league and, and we, we don't know the league and I think when Weldstone came to Boundary Park and played us off the park and celebrated like they'd won the World Cup I think that was a real real eye opener and since that we've been battered by Bromley and, and Woking and struggled to beat teams like Aldershot so no it's it's exactly as I expected but it's still not fun to see. To, to go from sort of so long in the Football League to then struggling to beat all these these teams that have been in non-league for so long. Were you fearing when your new owner, Frank Rothwell, said, where is Dorking? I mean, surely that was <laughs> the biggest invitation for a slip-up. You did actually win that game. Um, uh, he, he said that and I was like, shut up, Frank, stop, say, stop saying that. Um, but Dorking were good, to be fair. We won 3-2, but they, they could have got a point at the end of it. Um, but I think, in fairness, Dorking saw that as it was, it was a new owner who's very excitable and a massive character, just probably got a bit ahead of himself. Um, but no, then a, a week or so later, Weldstone came, as I say, and, and did what Dorking wanted to do and, and proper gave us a, a bump back down to earth. You've mentioned that the new owner, Frank Rothwell, has given a, a feel-good factor back to the club. What What is the mood around Oldham at the moment? Obviously, you know, it's much better than it has been in the past, but is there still this acceptance that it's not a quick fix? Um, yeah, I think But when we came down, I said, in a year's time, I would like to stay up. I don't want, we can't afford another relegation like Stockport did, and I want new owners. And we got new owners pretty quick. Um, they look like they're proper football people, proper business people, good for the town, um, good connections and all that. Um, so we've got that and I still think a consolidation season is probably where we're at because a lot of the recruitment was done under the old ownership. Um, the, a lot of the players don't seem to be particularly good enough for a promotion push. So I think anyone who's seen the team probably accepts that mid-table is about our level, but there's still fans who, I mean, no one wants to go to Bromley. A massive day out, uh, 
you know, really early morning and 400 fans went down and by all accounts it was absolutely dreadful and we lost 3-0. So, like, we want to be competitive, but I think most people would accept, you know, just a consolidation season, get everything right off the pitch and then go again, hopefully, next season. Try going to Wembley to watch yourself lose against Bromley. That's <laughs> even more heartbreaking. Not just new owner, new manager as well appointed last week. David Unsworth, who we've both seen his Everton youth sides in the, in the job that we mm-hmm. do, myself for United, yourself for City. How has he been received? Obviously, getting off to a losing start like that is not the, the way you want it, but he's not had much time to implement you know the, the standards and, and the style of play he wants to. Was a change, a managerial change needed, do you think? Probably, yeah. We had John Sheridan, who's... A genuine club legend. He came out of retirement to try and save us last season. He's done it twice before. Couldn't do it this time. Um, but while he didn't keep us up, he did bring the fans back and he did bring sort of a, a club to sell, which Frank Rothwell said the fans were one of the main reasons why he bought it. So we've, we will always be thankful to Sheridan for that. But I don't think his tactics and his recruitment were good enough. And he himself admitted that he's not Ready. He's not sort of a modern manager anymore. He's he's one who's, who will shout at players, and you can't do that anymore. Um, so it seemed like it was fair for for him to go. Everyone was sort of accepting, and he got a game to to say goodbye, and we won in the last minute against Eastley. So that was a good way to send it off. And then Unsworth seems like exactly the opposite. He knows how to deal with young players, and and he seems like he's got an idea, and he's got a three year contract, which is probably the biggest contract we've given out in quite a while seems very positive he's saying all the right things and then he got beat 3-0 at Bromley which wasn't wasn't great but we did have I think 11 players out through injury or international call-ups so hopefully you know it's a long-term project with him and he knows the own he knows the um the director Joe Royal he knows the CEO and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's a better fit and he's got sort of plans that will take the club forward and so it's, it's that long-term thinking that we've lacked for so long. And if he if he backs up what he says, then we, we might have a good one there. Plenty of familiar faces in both sides. <laughs> I know that we text each other quite regularly saying, give us a lowdown on this player, yeah. you know, player X. And you know the league players, we know the non-league players. Obviously, last season you had Davis Keller-Dunn, who's moved on to Pastures mm-hmm. New. Um, you've still got Mike Fondop and Ben Tollett. How are they rated at the club? Because Ben Tollett, like I said, this first spell was electric. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. Fondop was a cult hero to begin with, and the goals quickly tailed off. He did score last weekend in the wrong net, but <laughs> how are Fondop and Tollett regarded by Oldham fans at the moment? Are they are they notable players in the squad? Um, at the moment, they are, because they're probably two of the only fit players we've got. Um, I asked you about Tollett, and you said he'll be really good for the, the first few games, and then he'll tail off, and that's pretty much what he's done. Um, started really well, a few good goals, and then he's been a little bit anonymous in the last few games. But he's clearly one of the better footballers in the team. Fondop, I quite like him. Um, he came in last season when we needed anything, needed a miracle. He scored twice on his, I think, second appearance, and we thought we've got a, we've got a striker here, like someone who can actually fire us out of out of trouble. And then he got injured in the same game and needed surgery and didn't play again. Um, but he's. He needs someone to play with him. They, they keep playing him up on his own, and it's, it's, he, he'll win headers, but then there's no one to sort of play off him. So hopefully, if people come back, then then he'll he'll have a bit more of an impact. But um, we also signed um, John Rooney as well, who I asked an, another another text I sent to you saying, "What's he like?" Um, and he seems to know where the goal is in this league. So I think that's a a promising signing. Um, I would say, by the way, on on Keeler Dunn. You told me he was going to be an absolute flop, and he was one of the only bright sparks in our in our lead to decline. Uh, scored a lot of goals and seems to be doing it now at Burton as well. So fair play to the lad. Yeah, he's done really well for himself. <laughs> and yeah, we we joked about John Rooney. You've already got Jamie Carragher's son, Marcus yeah. Rashford's cousin, Wayne Rooney's brother. Just a matter of time before you go and sign Wayne Lineker, isn't it? I mean, you've got you've got everyone's re- relative, but uh, <laughs> doesn't always work out that way. In terms of the actual recruitment tactic. <laughs> In terms of the actual star players then, who is, would you say, the one player? I mean, as Wrexham fans, I'm sure you probably get as Oldham fans as well. If you ever come up against a former player, mm-hmm. you just have a feeling they're going to score a goal. Who who should we watch out for this weekend who isn't a former Wrexham player? If, if Dan Gardner's fit, our number eight, he will probably be the one where we send everything through him. He's a midfielder, can drive it forward, um, good on the ball. He's... 
he's not very good at staying fit or keeping out of the referee's notebook. So he sort of plays one or two games and then misses another. Um, but we seem to play at our best when, when he plays. Um, and there's also a young lad called Harry Vaughan who didn't really get chances under John Sheridan, um, who then admitted he probably should have played him more. But he's quite small, but really good technically. And, uh, you know, I assume that at some point we'll need a goal against you. So he might be one off the bench, for example, to try and inject something. So he's, he's shown some, some, good, uh, some good sparks in, in whenever he has got the chance. And you might be in non-league surroundings, but this weekend's game is probably going to be as big as any you've seen in the last few seasons at Boundary Park. You know, a sellout away end, hopefully get some more tickets as well before the game, depending on GMP's status. Mm-hmm. That might even be out now by the time the podcast's out. But what is the feeling? It does feel like it's a proper high-profile match this weekend. Yeah, there's a buzz and being Unsworth's first game, I think that'll be uh, get a few, few people on the gate. It's a shame we lost at Bromley because I think it could have been a real, real... Um, not a sellout, but probably one of the bigger attendances we've had in quite a while. If if we'd come into it on the back of a win, um, the the thing with the takeover and uh, you know everything we've been through, there's a real collectiveness about the fans. Like there will be a lot of fans behind the goal opposite you guys, and uh, there's a reason to go to Boundary Park again. So even though we're in National League, we're getting six, seven thousand fans, and we'd only get three or four in in League One. Um, it might not be the biggest game we've had because. We've had sort of a few relegation deciders and, and derbies with, you know, teams like Rochdale and, and teams like that. But no, it's it's one of the bigger ones in, in this league and one we were definitely looking out for at the start. We've both been playing sort of devil's advocate as well. So, you know, the other <laughs> one, I mean, maybe not in your case as much, you're probably expecting a, an away win. But, you know, as a pessimistic Wrexham fan, I'm not taking anything for granted. Do you think there is a chance Oldham could... I'd say maybe even pull off what would be regarded as a shock result this weekend and, and get something from the game. Yeah, if, if you believe both of us, I think both teams are going to lose 2 or 3 nil, aren't we? But um, I, I would expect an away win. I think the only way Oldham would get a result is probably if Wrexham have a real off day. Um, but we've seen one thing we have learned in this league is that anyone can beat anyone. And if we turn up, if, if they've had a good week under Unsworth, then who knows? But I think if you offered me a draw now, I'd probably probably take that right away so naif plenty of familiar faces obviously with john rooney signing this week as well but the feeling from oldham is they just want to survive this season really and they're not expecting a a win this weekend as much as they're hoping for one uh, a friend of mine who i work with ed is already he's fuming with he lost his voice uh berating the players at bromley and i tried to tell him you'd never win at bromley away it's 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 part of the agreement in the national league that you don't win there hayes lane is a horrible place to go they have an unbelievable home record every single year and you know buckle up relax yourself just 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 try and embrace the experience of the national league because it is hellish he's done woken away and bromley away in recent weeks woken they lost 3-0 and bromley they also lost 3-0 um mike fondot scoring their own goal that it it's one of them it's a massive game for us and one i think we should be winning personally you know it's david unsworth's first game in charge supposedly this rhino ball i mean it didn't work at bromley there's absolutely zero reason for us to to hold any fear. And of the two games this week, that is the one I would be more disappointed to drop points in, I think. Um, you know, that is a game that I think it's going to be spicy. You know, John Rooney up against Wrexham, I'm sure he'll have a big celebration planned if he scores. I mean, we it's just mad we've gone from, you know, respectfully, we've gone from Mike Fondop to Paul Mullin. Um, I'm looking forward to it, Rich. I think it'll be a really, really good occasion. And, I'm very jealous that you're going to be there soaking up the atmosphere. Yeah, it's one of those where, okay, this is probably to brag a bit, but this weekend was planned out so perfectly in that Saturday I've got Oldham away, Sunday I'm at the Manchester Derby at the oh. Etihad, which I can't wait for. But this weekend, if the house move had fallen through, I'd be living back in Wales and it went for the most accessible weekend to a hellish weekend of commuting. But thankfully, it's looking like it should all all work out. So, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great having such a, a packed away end as well. Obviously, 
I mean, as we're recording this, there's still not been that firm decision on, on the tickets yet. No. Of course, with the Manchester derby taking place, there's, there's certain policing issues there. GMP already stretched, I believe, because, because of that. But it's going to be a, a great occasion anyway, regardless of what happens. Hopefully we can have some more Reds in there. I'm sure there might be a few with a Manchester postcode sneaking in. It is an all-ticket for the home fans as well this weekend. That is how much of a sort of a big deal it is. And it won't feel like a non-league fixture anyway. Definitely not a fifth-tier uh, sort of tie. But it's Wrexham and big crowds, isn't it, Nath? That's been the age-old sort of joke we've said that when there's expectation on the away day, that's usually when they don't work out as well obviously we did have Chesterfield away earlier in the year which was excellent the Ollie Palmer show uh, we sort of had Halifax away last season as well which was excellent Stockport was good for a minute wasn't it and you know yeah I'm just for me the this is the point if you take me away from the situation of being a Wrexham fan my whole life of course we win this weekend our team is so much better than Oldham's but it's just the amount of away days I've been on high hopes oh, a big God. following and it's just never transpired that i never ever take for granted that we might win away from home so we're, we're a different side aren't we when, when we're not in the comfort of the kairos and the pessimist in me will still say you know we could drop points but we have to be winning and we should be winning and i still do think that you know as long as we start well our fans are behind us we can subdue the home support i think we do win that sort of two nil try and get you onto more positive vibes then rich and try and make you forget about your hunched back and your empty room and all the stress that's going to come with that welcome to Wrexham. two more episodes this week so we're back down to the 30 minute installments episodes 10 and 11 already can you believe it it's crazy isn't it? how fast by. it's going flown by and i'm going to read this from uh reese williams who does good stuff with the fearless lads he he sort of summed up the impact you know the club out a uh, uh, a post this week about the impact of the documentary and you know this week we've got episode 10 is going to be about hooligans and you know what happened in terms of, I think that'll be quite a general episode in terms of football hooliganism and what happened at that Torquay game last year it seems like that that and will you know whether we get more from Fleur I don't know we haven't seen it yet at the time of recording but you know the impact of the doc is we've known it's massive isn't it? it's massive for us and, and other content creators but you know the club said they've had 185,000 more viewers to the website and if you factor in all the kind of sales you know they've in in the period i think it's from august to um august to september i think that's what it was something like that in that period they've something the sales have been about 360,000 now if you compare that to 12 months ago that was 60,000 so essentially you've paid for your ollie palmer through just increased exposure on the documentary so God knows, more series of documentaries, more Ollie Palmer's walking through the door. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't maybe, be too bad, would it? maybe a chance for some of the uh, journalists at the Times to actually meet the owners this time and not oh, take to, to social media to uh, to get angry about it. I mean, I, I will address that. I, you know, I will address yeah, that. I was going, because... I was going to take to Twitter to address it, but I thought, especially that we are basically in the same industry, and you know, yeah, I don't want to be seen really like sniping to do... at no. another journalist too nah. much, but it did seem very petty and unnecessary. And I think, as we've said in the past, the problem with the documentary for me is lots of people who don't fully understand the situation and maybe only have a brief knowledge are giving very sort of profound and hard opinions and hard takes that I think are just misguided and ill-informed. I, I loathe normally to have a pop at another journalist. I felt comfortable going at Simon Jordan because again he is for me a personality on the radio yeah exactly exactly so you know Alison is someone I don't know too well but I have crossed paths with her I did cross paths with her that day at the press conference I was sat a couple of seats down from her seemed in good spirits and everybody was was in good spirits you know all, all the journalists they were obviously very excited to to meet Ryan and Rob and, and to be within you know five six feet of them and and the mood was good. The questions were quite jovial and quite underarm. I think you know what were the, what were their sporting experiences like? Why did they want to do this? You know there was there wasn't the cynicism that that clip that people have now seen. I'm sure you you've seen it already. Um, so I'm I'm not in any, any way trying to defend that. It, it felt it felt a weird shift 
in um in attitude from Allison, I thought. Uh but like I say, look, we've all got opinions and I don't necessarily agree with that one. I, I you know, who on earth at any level takes over a football club to earn money? I that they so misguided. And the other thing football, as well football clubs don't make football clubs don't make money at any level. No, they they don't make not, any money. No, exactly. You don't you don't buy you don't have a, a fund and say, Oh, I want to be a millionaire so I'm gonna buy a football club. It doesn't work no, you like lose that. Lose money. But the the other criticism that was strangely cited at Robin Ryan was they want to be liked, they want to come across well. I mean, who doesn't want to be liked anyway? You yeah, know, you're not we want to be from... liked, don't we? Exactly, and you know we, we want to be loved, adored. You've got to remember, this also been edited. They're only showing bits they want you to see. Sure. I'm not saying Rob and Ryan have sort of censored it and said, make sure we look good. But the production company isn't going to want to stitch up the two, the reason why the documentary is being made, are they? So, yeah, it just felt unnecessarily and, and just needless. And like we said, we didn't want to address it publicly on, on social media. Although I did draft a tweet, I will tell you that. And... Um, yeah, you oh. know, let, let's just move on from it now. Yeah. I think if you listen Two to this podcast, week, you, you know what Two the real story is. And yeah. yeah. Like you said, the first one, maybe more just a general sort of introduction to hooligan culture, which, you know, is on the rise again, really. We've seen with the European Championship final last year. Yeah. We saw with the Champions League final this year as well, just... You know, people without tickets as well storming into games. Obviously, we're not quite getting that at Wrexham, although they are sellout games at the moment. We've not quite had uh, the stadium being breached. But I think that, you know, it's another education to North American fans about the history of the sport, really, and how intertwined it is with sort of social issues as well. Yeah, I mean, look, we saw a banning order this week, didn't we, for five years? Five years. Years. For the was fl- that for Chesterfield? That, that was for the right. flair at Chesterfield. Now, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of football banning orders, FBOs, but um, I know that probably more has gone into that. Like it might, I, whether it's just I, I struggle to believe one. You know, one flare is a five-year ban. That might be the case, and I'm going to hold my hands up if that is wrong. Um, and do let me know on Twitter or something if you if you are more savvy with that. I know a lot of people got in touch actually about the cop document that I shared, Rich, which went down a treat, and and someone told me that the beer wall is going to be for all to use, which is very exciting. But yeah, on hooligan culture, I, I'm speaking very broadly that it's not as prevalent in American sports. But, it, you know, while there is trouble, I don't think there is the kind of militant groups and, and organised troublemakers in the fan base, I would say, in in these kind of large franchises. Um, and maybe that, you know, basketball arenas. and I guess and the point of that, though, is that there's not really an away culture in no, there sports, there is isn't. there? You're you, right. wouldn't, you wouldn't go to watch your team like across America, although, you know, no. we would get, travel the, the, across Europe or whatever to watch Wrexham anywhere in the world, and many will hopefully be there in the States next year to watch Wrexham. In, in America, going on away days isn't really a thing, is it? So, but it's different. You're right. It's That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, it's very different. There isn't that kind of away culture and turning up at someone else's stadium and arena and, and all that sort of thing so i think that'll be really enlightening for people and i'm interested just to see what they've pulled out from that talky game i know there was some complaints um from talky fans this time that there was an incident in the away and that was right next to me um a couple of a couple of rows down i i'm not going to pretend i saw what happened I, I saw a rush of stewards about five stewards rush over to a guy that looked to be having some back and forth you know, talkie fans were accusing him of doing something, throwing something or goading them. I, I, I can't say I saw it. What I did see was some bald guy at the front dancing yeah, along was... who looked like he was going in and out in a yellow jumper. I don't know he what was he was He was the star of the show, wasn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, the chant that was, you know, directed at him, I can't repeat on, on the podcast. But yeah, <laughs> in, his, in his sort of mustard jumper with the uh, the bald head, you know, he, he, he had an away day to remember, even if, if talkie did. didn't. But, um, he did. He did. Yeah, and like we said, the second episode this week, Sack the Gaffer, which, you know, it is hard to imagine maybe, but as we said previously, the start of last season, there was a real belief that this Wrexham team should be performing a lot better than it was. I know, you know, there were just narrow, scrappy wins at home. Every game seemed to be the same. 1-0 and Paul Muller would do something away from home. It was a lottery of, of what we'd get, but it wasn't very pretty. There were a few, you know, big wins in there, you know, against the smaller sides. We had the big Halifax win, which lifted the mood. Dover away, we only just won. We had Marine, as we covered in the podcast last week in the FA Cup. But, 
Torquay at home was poor, though, wasn't it, Rich? And then that, that as a result, I know it was great seeing like Paul Mullen saying it was a little bit embarrassing, like when they're shouting your name and you're not on the pitch and how he's introverted. But I mean, when you look at that game in its totality, that wasn't a great performance. It was a great day um, and everything it represented, Rob and Ryan there, the whole build up. But the actual performance wasn't great, was it? We couldn't kill them off. We scored that early goal. and Exactly. And, that was, you know, the that was almost yeah. a summary of where we were up to last season. There yeah. was moments of quality, but we just could never score a second goal in a game. And without Mullen on the pitch as well, we just looked blunt in attack and mm. really short of ideas. And yeah, it's like I said, football is you're only as good as your last result and you're always going to be riding the wave of, of optimism or pessimism. And I think even in a way that is another good summary of football, the fact that a manager can go from fans wanting him out after only a few months in charge to then turning around. And again, if we went on a, a free game losing streak now, it would be parky out again, I'm sure, from a lot of fans. It's just, that is the nature of football, really. We, we, and, you know, we are fickle as a bunch, but there's so much expectation and so much investment in Wrexham now that the standards are extremely high and it yeah. means that the consequences are extremely high as well. So... Credit to the club for sticking by Parky and and credit to them for staying true to this vision and, and having the time, the vision, the patience and the level sort of the level headedness to see through the social media, you know, sort of tirades and anger. Because, you know, that is what will come to fruition and hopefully pay off towards the end of the season. But yeah, it's it's another reminder of how quickly things can change. <laughs> Rich talking about how things change. Chesterfield was a dismal. I mean, that is by far the lowest point of the season so far, and let's hope that is the lowest point, and we don't get any lower than that. Yeah, I was like on the Simpsons when Homer says the bar, the (laughs) your lowest point of the season so far, so far. Um, But let's hope that is as bad as it gets. Notts County is the other game that we're going to preview because that will come before you record again. And so I thought I would pick the brains of Chloe, who is on the Magpie Circle podcast. We've done stuff with them before. Really good bunch over there. And they have Les Brad, who used to play for County, and and, and loads of other people. Paul, who does that one. Great stuff. And, you know, they do have the top league scorer in the top five leagues. You know, more league goals than Erling Haaland and Mo Salah and Harry Kane and Macaulay Langstaff. And even at this early stage, you do feel like him and Mullen and Palmer are going to have a real good fight for that golden boot, as 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 of others in there, you know, before anyone other, anyone else pulls us up. But Langstaff looks the real deal, and it's going to be a tough place to go, Rich, Tuesday night. And so I thought, you know what, let me pick the brains of Chloe, see what she's got to say. Chloe, people know you're listening to Magpie Circle podcast. You're also quite happy. Sometimes the fans we get on, they're also not very happy because they, they, they're not very good and they, they're so scared of Wrexham. But you guys are doing also well. Tuesday is going to be a big game, big away following. Macaulay Langstaff, top scorer in all the world, it seems like. More goals, more league goals than Owen Harland. What is the mood like now around Notts County? Better, worse than you thought it would be? Oh, better, extremely. Um, this is obviously now our fourth season. I know you've been down here a lot longer, so <laughs> I can't complain too much. Um, but it does seem to have dragged uh, the last few years, obviously. We've been through the managers. Uh, we're on a third one whilst we've been down here. So, but it's all going quite well actually. Um, this time last season we had a pretty similar run um, until a couple of games ago we lost three in a row. Um, so we were quite nervous for our first loss. We knew it was going to come at some point. Uh, we weren't going to go the season unbeaten. Um, and then that loss came obviously against Dorking. Um, I couldn't make it to that one, but from all accounts, from everyone that went, um, the highlights, it was just one of them games where it was not going in the back of the net for us. And apparently their centre-half and goalkeeper had a worldie and it just went for them, which it's going to happen. Um, so if you're going to lose anyway, I'd like to lose playing well, essentially. Um, and then everyone was obviously apprehensive after that, going to York away, which was really the bigger away game for us. And we went and won quite comfortably. Um, so, yeah, the mood's great. Um, obviously, we've got some big games coming up now, obviously, yourselves. Um it's then seeing what we can do against the teams around us. I think everybody seems to think it's going to be the top four is going to be essentially ourselves, um, yourselves, um, Chesterfield, Solihull. Um, generally, that's kind of the opinions, but anything can change. But yeah, we'll see what we do. Um, but yeah, 
very happy and very happy to have England's top goal scorer on our side. Yeah, I was going to say, he's looking good. He's looking very good and we'll get a better look at him ourselves when when we play. I mean, you've, you've had quite a lot of tough games though you know, if, if, we, if you look if people maybe haven't been tracking other results and I know some fans don't look at other teams results I'm one of them that scours everyone's but you I mean you, you beat Solihull at home you came back you know Macaulay Langstaff scores twice against Chesterfield I think a few of us saw that on TV you know yeah. great game that was and Boreham Wood you went away to them that's another tough game they'll be up there again York as you say they're doing well and, and so you've had quite a tough start really on paper and, and come through it Dorking aside, you've come through it with flying colours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's always hard at the start of the season when you kind of look at the fixture list because you just don't know where people are going to be. Like we've played Halifax who got playoffs last season and they're like now nowhere to be seen. So it is really hard to kind of uh, really look ahead, um, especially early on in the season. Even after five games in, we were looking at some of our fixtures like, well, you don't know how well they're going to perform um, a few games in. You, you just have no idea. Um, but I kind of motto at the minute, I think, is beat what's in front of you. You can only play who you're playing next. We kind of don't think about where we are in the league or don't think about who you're playing next. It's, you've got to beat what's in front of you. Obviously, we've got Altrincham this Saturday, which on paper with how well we're doing and how good we look at home, especially. Well, it should be a kind of a write off and that's three points. Let's move on to Rex. And well, no, let's take a step back. Mm. We've got to go and beat the likes of Altrincham. If you want to go up, everybody knows how difficult it is. It's those the niggly teams that get at you. So it's definitely one step at the time. Um, we've definitely got ahead of ourselves in the National League, but I think it's now <laughs> taken this season to be like, right, it's a long, long season. And obviously, like, yourselves and Stockport had a slower start to the season last year. And obviously, with that little bit further behind, and then once you kick in after Christmas, anybody's game. So anybody can come from anywhere. But as long as we keep up there, keep knocking through the points, I mean, we've obviously taken the one loss, but... If you kind of add things up, we're generally um, kind of a home win and away draw, which I'll take that for the rest of the season. So, yeah, um, it's, I mean, it's a great atmosphere at the minute. Of course you are. I mean, it is so long, the season. It is. It goes on for about four years, it feels like. I mean, <laughs> all, we, we're playing Oldham at the weekend. And like I said, I work with an Oldham fan and, and speak to Oldham fans and they are fuming every time they lose a game. You know, this shouldn't be happening to this club. Yeah. Once it's better to just embrace it. I feel like you guys have just embraced how bad this league is now, and you're just <laughs> like, we're ready to leave now. Whereas it's yeah. taken us a bit of money. Um, okay, we've got to get the, got to get the elf out of the room. You know, we've got Paul Moe and Oli Palmer, two amazing strikers. We don't want to swap them, but if people did want to swap, McCoy's going to be right there. What makes him so special? Why is he so good? Why is he started so well? Do you think he's just an incredible finisher? He's not going to score you amazing goals from outside of the box he's not going to curl one into the top corner from 25 yards that's not really his game um he's actually what we've been searching for for what feels like 10 years so we've had a goal scorer in the past called lee hughes i don't know if you know him he's kind we of do. <laughs> yeah one one of our famous obviously um goal scorers and was kind of the era where i grew up watching a lot so he's kind of like one of my heroes from when i was younger and that his name has been ringing around Notts County and around Meadow Lane since Langstaff joined and he's just always there his like football brain is incredible and if he's anybody you want on an end of a one-on-one -on -one, it seems to be that even if he only has a couple of chances a game so I he probably had maybe four chances against York took two of them if he does that if he took um, do you know what I mean a goal in every two chances you can't ask for any more um I was maybe a little bit concerned, obviously, with yourselves signing kind of players from leagues one to leagues above. Um, and we were signing from leagues below. So obviously they were both at Gateshead being Scott and Langstaff. They scored over 50 goals between them. And we signed a partnership, was, which was brilliant. But at the end of the day, it's like it is a big step up from that National League North and South. It is a big step up to then make it to National League, especially when we're at the top of the National League and want to be going into leagues two. So as much as it was a little bit of a gamble, it's, it's worked so far. Um, and we got them for virtually nothing, essentially. So as much as we're not, we haven't been seen to be a selling club as yet. Um, people do think that with kind of how our owners work and how our model works. But we've only um, sold one player being Cal Roberts in four years. So uh, it's a difficult one, but I'm sure money talks, obviously. Uh, I'm sure everybody at Meadow Lane at least once in, until the end of the season. Fair enough, again, if we don't 
girl what like with Kyle Button, we can't kind of moan with, when leagues above are asking for him and paying the price. But I'd like to see if we can take go up this season and take him with us. Yeah, and he, he definitely seemed a different type of player to Kyle Wharton, you know, completely different that sort of mm-hmm. style and the way the way you, when you watch him. And yeah, brilliant finisher. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that that Mullin and, and and Langstaff battle all season long. You know, they're gonna score yeah. a shed load of goals. Yeah. Um what what about new faces then? You know, we've we've matched up a couple of times. We had that one where Reese or Johnson scored a screamer for us on, on, on the side of the away. Mm-hmm. We end up losing that one. Muller misses the penalty. And another one where we got a draw. Um, was it Christian Dennis scored down the other end and, and yeah. broke our hearts that night when Devontae Redmond has scored? Ruben Rodriguez still there, as we know. Cal Roberts yep. has gone. People like Kyle Cameron for his mullet haircut, if he's still got that. You know, <laughs> who, who are the who are the new people? Who are the players we maybe don't know that we should be looking out for? Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, we can start with the front two being Kedwin Scott and Macaulay Langstaff. Um, Scott hasn't been starting every game, so it's generally, we go off our opponent, um, it's generally kind of how it works, um, or obviously niggly injuries, anything like that. So I'd probably say first name on the team sheet is going to be Langstaff, and then you can expect to see Scott at some point in the game, whether he starts, whether he comes on. Um, there's also a guy called Austin. Um, so he's played a few games, started a couple came on for a couple. So again, we're having a bit of a kind of, I think we're just having a look at everybody, seeing which formation looks the best. Um, but you get expect to see him. Um, plays on the wing, really. Um, played a ball in for Langstaff. Got another assist against York. So that's working right quite well. I don't know if you saw, um, we've got a guy on loan called Kevin Castro from West Brom. Um, we, if you have a look after this, if you haven't seen it, um, he's got a free kick against York that's maybe 30, 30 yards out. And it's incredibly kind of one of them where all of, you know, the football accounts on Twitter kind of had a go. was like, let me look at this. So if you get a chance, I mean, that was the first game he started. So possibly starting again. He played about 60 minutes. So he's another one to look out for, kind of an attacking midfielder. Um, and then a lot of really similar faces. Uh, we've got a couple of injuries to new players who had been starting. So we had a guy at the back called Baldwin. Um, he's been injured, so I'm not sure whether he's going to be back or not. Um, but he's been playing centre-half. Um, we've got a player called Bajrami that's come in as well. Um, I think he was from Kidderminster. Um, he's either a centre-half or a CDM. He's played both, but again, he's been injured, but only niggly injuries. So it's, it's I couldn't project the starting eleven, which is great. But yeah, it's definitely an exciting one. I'm excited to see... You guys as well. I hope we're not in for a six 0 thrashing. To be honest, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets and say you're not in for a. I'm, I'm gonna assume you defend a little bit better than Torquay. For God bless you, because they 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 could not defend for Toffee. Oh but final word though, a bit about your manager. You know, people mm-hmm. are watching our our documentary and are growing to love Phil Parkinson. Even our own mm-hmm. fans who maybe are warming to him. Your manager comes in. Ian Ian Birchnell goes on to Forest Green. You know, a club that we don't have a lot of time for. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to come straight back down, but that's by the by. But you go getting a new manager that maybe people don't know loads about, and maybe mm-hmm. is someone that is outside of that national league bubble. You know, an old school type manager that's that's different from a new era. Mm-hmm. What's he like? What is he like as a person? I know he came on the podcast, didn't he? Which was brilliant uh, on, yeah. on on Mad Pipe Circle podcast. He's very forthcoming. Has he been a hit with the fans? Yeah, I think especially when you start performing like we have done. I mean, it's it's yeah. hard not to be. Um, when he came in, we've kind of got that older fan base generally, um, especially because we've got Forest over the road. So it's hard to get them youngsters in. Um, so generally speaking, we've got an older fan base who after three managers, well, two managers are not getting promoted from the National League. Everyone was like, well, you know, we were going for a look at what other teams have kind of who they've got in to take them up. Um, and then we kind of got somebody else that we hadn't heard of. And it was like, oh, here we go again. But you've got to give them time. Um, so... It's, it's hard to know from an outside perspective, but he was, he's actually really well known within the football world uh, yeah. by players, by managers, yeah. um, being an academy coach himself. Um, it's always hard to know. This was kind of really his first full-time um, professional team, if you want to call it. So you just don't know, but we really trust our owners at the minute. They've proven right with everybody and everyone, like players, managers, even Ian Birchnell did a job. We didn't go up, but he, he got us in the playoffs again. Um, which was obviously a good sign. Um, then we obviously he left to 
Forest Green, uh, who aren't doing so well. So we got a bit of a last laugh there. But, <laughs> but yeah, but everyone really warmed to him. So to start with, uh, not so much. Um, although we were picking the points up, the performance maybe was dropping compared to last season um, or the flair, if you want to call it. Um, we kind of weren't scoring from the edge of the box. We were winning games by tapping. So it's kind of like, what, what are you after? But obviously we've now had him for quite a while and everyone's warm to him. He's a really great guy. Um, and he comes across well in interviews, really honest as well, which is brilliant. Um, and he's not a yes man at all. I think if he, like we had Bijrami play against um, Solihull at home and man of the match, first player on the pitch, she then dropped him for the next game and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, when the, <laughs> when the team news comes out and everyone's got something to say about it. And then we kind of went to the next game and did brilliantly. And it was the five net against Dagenham. So I think people have stopped trying to like second guess him now and just trust him because it's worked so far. And yeah, I'm sure by the end of the season, everyone will have a new formed opinion. But right now it's it's all good. So, yeah. Rich, it's it's. I mean, they're going to be confident, and it's 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 going to be a tough game, and it will show us, I think, how far we've come since that Chesterfield result. Yeah, it's. I mean, Notts County away, we had that that game where Devonte Redmond scored a wonder goal. We had the Reese Hall Johnson screamer. The only what time we've done there in recent well. years, I wasn't actually there. That was for the the trophy quarter final, wasn't it? When James Jones, yeah. We stuck struck late on to to win it. Yeah, I mean, I will be there at Notts County away as well, so I'm going to be very tired on Wednesday when I record the pod solo. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. And like you said, I think at the start of the podcast, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? I think Oldham's the game we've got much more realistic chance of getting the win from, but the Notts game, you can't be losing against another promotion rival no. away from home and you'd be losing ground on them, won't we? I mean, like we said, the Chesterfield game, the defeat's been eased by the fact that they haven't pulled away and they haven't really capitalised on it too much. You know, we're still very sort of neck and neck with them. We're losing to knots, I think, really would be you know, a, a kick in the teeth because, like I said, they've got a, they've got a great striker. They're, they're a well-run team. They've, they're another traditional football league club. But if we want to be going up, we have to kick this former identity and you've got to be beating teams nah, we'll do them. home and away. We'll do them, mate. Do you think we'll so? We'll do them, you, I reckon. You're that, yeah, you're I re- that optimistic? Yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Two wins, back to back, mate. I, I, I just think right now, it's confidence is just oozing through the team, through the entire bench. You know, it, I, I was walking at the weekend, Jordan Tunnicliffe and his family, massive smile. I mean, the lad hasn't got on since Macclesfield in pre-season. And he's, he's, he's not kicking up a fuss. And there's others that aren't even making the bench. McAlinden not making the bench all the time. Lennon nowhere to be found. Everybody at the club is so positive right now about everything that's going on. And, you know, as, as, as Mendy hopes he's not going to be out for too long. And, and, you know, that's hopefully fingers crossed for him. And he can get back and he'll go in there. Rob Lainton, you know, he's given everybody a massive lift. You put out a poll. And I thought that was really interesting about well, people we, saying would they stick we, with, you know... Yeah, with we had a discussion on, on what's up ourselves, didn't we, of how we thought the poll results were, were going to go. And we were divided on that, weren't we? Because I, I'm i of the consensus that long-term I'm I'm Lainton, but you can't drop Howard until he, he gives you a reason to, to drop him again anyway. So I think you know Lainton's still a little while off before he's actually probably contention to be to playing these matches, but... That's you just wanted really... to say you were right, basically. You just, well, you, you know, you exact... just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I did want to glow. Let's, let's put it out <laughs> there. But um, I guess another advantage now compared to last season, Nath, is there is an actual reserve league to to welcome Leighton back into. And it was a one-all yeah. draw on Wednesday. Kai Evans scored his second goal Some in player. as many games. Um, a very young Wrexham side, but it was a late equaliser from Rafa Garcia for Huddersfield Town. The Championship side meant that Wrexham drew one all. So we've had. A win against a Preston yeah. and, a, and a draw now against Huddersfield. Um, and a defeat. That was it. A defeat. So mm. One each. That's that's very fair. Four trialists involved. We Well, we didn't see, but Kai Calderbank Park made his first start in goal. In fact, there might have even been five trialists, I think. In total. Yeah, five. One of, one a, B, C, D and E. Oh, their parents, parents will be so proud. Um, <laughs> and yeah, another goal for, for Kai Evans, who, like we said, does seem to be the player who might be the next to make that transition from... He looks you know, it, doesn't he? He looks from, it. He's the next the one. Set up to, but, if, I mean, 
I don't want to be too much of a pessimist, but if Mendy is sidelined and you know the, the sounds come from him are that he is feeling quite positive, he's not too downbeat about the situation. Like we said, it probably will be a, a few weeks. If it's a hamstring, I think that is typically five or six weeks. I'm, don't quote me on that. There's no insight or intel at all on that. But you could see one of the youngsters, Dan Davis, you know, could get a chance on the bench or could be promoted as a reserve left-back now. Yeah, I mean, what a player as well. Um, you, know, you do wonder whether Maka Linden's maybe got that slotted in. You know, he's just a very versatile player, isn't he? I'd, I'd love to see Dan Davis get involved in the match day squad, and I'd love to see Kai Evans. Particularly, we're getting into cup season now, aren't we, where FA Trophy's going to be around the corner, FA Cup. And, you know, I really hope those lads can get a go in that because they deserve it. You know, I'm not saying rotate the whole team, but a couple of these lads really, really deserve it, I think. And, uh, yeah, Reserve League's just a great chance for them, and Kai Evans has really taken that chance. A real shame we're not back in the Tonics Caramel Wafer Challenge Cup this season because I know we could have given the youngsters a, a good run out there. But yeah, it's it's not the end of the world. Isn't it? And there's a lot to be, I guess, like you said, positive about it. It's a feel-good factor, a 6-0 win, two massive away days coming back-to-back. Nath, what do you expect from me? You've already said two wins. Is that is that actual confidence or are you just trying to give the listeners a reason to smile maybe on their dog walks or wherever they are today? I mean, a bit of both. You know, smile on the walk, but I, I honestly do believe I, I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go two one at Notts County. I think they will score. I think Langstaff will score, and I am going to go three nil against Oldham. Limbs, absolute limbs. If that happens, limbs. I'm going two one at Oldham and one all at Notts County. I'm sorry for being a pessimist, but that is just my realistic opinion. Not bad but results, mate. Not bad n- results. Not though. bad results, and you got to remember. I am hurt. I am scarred from all the away days I've been on and not seen as win. So this is no reflection of Wrexham. It's a reflection of my past following them on the road and just not being <laughs> optimistic ever about seeing us win. But like I said, we will be back. Well, I will be back next week. Nave, you'll be in Japan. Safe travels to you. Thank you, Matt. So where, much, will you, yeah. where will you be tuning into them? Will you be able to listen to Oldham? Will you be able to listen to Notts County? Oldham, I will be able to. I will be working uh, as normal in the UK. I'll be listening to that one and following that on Twitter. Uh, Japan, I will. Oof, I will be. Well, sorry, not even Japan. Notts County. I will be in the air somewhere over. I don't know where I'll be, but I will be in the air. And I'm not sure how fancy this airline is. Do I get Wi-Fi on there? I would assume no. Um, and if I get an allowance of Wi-Fi, maybe I just need to check the second half. We shall see. I will land in Japan on Wednesday afternoon of all times. So God knows, I'm going to be out of the loop. You'll be there documenting everything on our Instagram. Thanks to people that have, that have followed us there, not signed up, followed us on there. A thousand followers and growing on there all the time. Um, lots of things to come, lots of graphics. I know people ruffling a few feathers those graphics, but look, enjoy them. They're very good fun for me to make. Uh, Rich is going to be posting on there. Everything, TikTok, we've got that. We've got Instagram Reels, uh, Facebook page, The Works. Wherever you want to find us, you can find us. And again, thank you so much for your support. And I will speak to you when I'm back from Japan. Yeah, have a very fantastic journey, Nave. Hope it all goes well and we hope it goes well for you wherever you are listening. As Nave said there, if you do enjoy the podcast, you can get in touch, like I said, robryanred at gmail.com or on the contact page, robryanred.com. As always, get involved on the socials as well and please do give us a like, a review, tell a friend about us if you can. That is the best way to give back. You've been listening to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The music, the stings, were brought to you by Wrexham-based band Hypnotic. Take care, back the boys, make some noise. We'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.